This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. What's up, guys? Right Welcome. out of the gate like what that? God damn. Holy crap. <laughs> Welcome to the Masters of the Cinematic Man. Universe, to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I gotta get that shit out. <laughs> Oof. This is a master's class, by the way. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a little while. We've been uh, we've actually been doing movies like we're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Although, technically, those movies, well, a lot of them are still in the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. That's so. okay, though. That's all right. But we're back to our quick hour format for you guys. So if you guys like these, we're gonna do these next couple movies pretty uh pretty quickly to burn you guys through and uh, get you through your days. But uh, you know, not not hold you too long. Yeah, we do have to get through these because uh, we have Endgame recorded for a long time now. We're just waiting to yeah. release it, we're chomping at the bit to release this great episode we did, and we can't because we got like forty movies to do before <laughs> we get to it. We're getting oh, close yeah. now. We're getting close. Um. So. Uh, What's new, guys? What's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's new with me is um, my kids are going back to school. Oh, yeah. And today I was surprised by a request from my oldest daughter. She's so into Harry Potter right now. You have no idea. Like she and I love it, too, because it's not really my thing. You know, I aged out of it, kind of. Yeah. it was my little brother's thing, but she's so invested in it. It's her first real fandom. Like it's her first, um, obsession. That's like her own that I didn't force Mm -hmm. on her, you know? (laughs) Yep. So it's kind of neat to watch her, you know, get so excited over the books. And then, you know, she'll, she's already snobby enough that she's like, Oh, these movies, they're okay, but they pale in comparison. (laughs) You know, so she's, she's all in on this stuff and it's kind of cool. So she asked me to make her a pair of um, Harry Potter shoes, like uh, Vans. And she had the the blank ones, I guess. Um, My wife ordered them on on Amazon. So I finished those today. If you want to see how they came out, follow me on my social. It's uh, art of Eric Pabone. And uh, they came out cool, man. She ordered one. Amazing. I saw Thank you. Oh, nice! Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I I did. uh, She wanted one good shoe and one bad shoe, so it's uh, Harry Potter and Voldemort. And uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they look fantastic. Thanks, man. Yeah. What's What's going on with you guys? Well, before I even ask, (laughs) before we start recording, I told you how jealous I am. But I I see the guitar that I've wanted (laughs) since they announced it sitting behind your your shoulder, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I finally sold the telly that I wanted to get rid of. Um, so, you know, in my head, it, it was justified to buy this. So, dude, <laughs> it's I, an Epiphone I, Carnet. I wanted, I wanted something inexpensive to beat the shit out of. Um, and, you know, with one P90, and I got it. And it's a friggin' blast to play. It really is. 
You speak, um, you speak my language with that one P90. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. It suits my hacky playing style. Me too. You know what me I too. mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You just Power turn it up loud. Day, and I, I'll tell you what. I, I don't. Half the time, I'm not even playing through pedals. I, I just put it in the AC15 on the Top Boost channel mm. and crank it, and it gets so friggin' dirty. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I just hack away, and it sounds cool to me anyway. And, you know, my neighbors, maybe, or probably not, <laughs> but I don't care. Um, so, yeah, that's been, you know, that's been, I got it. When did I get it? Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. So, well, the thing thing about that guitar is you have to buy it, right? Because what's yeah. the other option is like to get a a vintage one or or one of the older reissues, and right, they're super expensive, you know. No, so. it's nuts, it's nuts, and you know, I was looking at the the Harley Bentons and everything, but you know, I know I've heard good things about them, but I just nothing really grabbed my fancy. I mean, kind of the SG. The SG yeah. Junior, that that's my like. If, if I ever win the lottery, I you know I'm getting a friggin' classic SG Junior, you know. But uh, yeah, this is fun. It's a cool one. Is the strap button on the horn or the back of the neck? It's on the back. Ah, yeah, fuck it's, that. it's a little. It's a little top heavy, but it's not like SG top heavy because the guitar's so damn light. And I don't know if the real ones were that light, but. This version of it is it's a very light guitar, so I don't and again I'm not gigging with it, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about the, the neck dive too much, you know. Yeah, I just can't play those kind of guitars. For some reason if it the, the things on the back of the neck it just drives me insane. Oh no no, I I agree with you. It 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 does it gets to me, but you know, if that's the worst thing I gotta deal with with it for the money yeah, yeah, paid, yeah. I'm fine. You know, it, it it's the sound and I love it. Yeah. I'm very happy for you, man. It looks like that looks like fun. As far as Harley Benton goes, I was looking at their Mosrite or Mosrite copy because yeah. it's another one of those like I'm never going to be able to afford the actual guitar. So mm-hmm. you know, like let's get this in a Rickenbacker from Harley Benton. Right there, you go. See yeah. what that's like, you know. Yep. I know. I mean, again, I've always heard good things, especially for the price. I mean, damn, for two hundred bucks shipped. You, you get the guitar, and and apparently they come fast, like even through customs and everything. I just purposely teed that up for you, too. No, right I, down the middle of the plate. Absolutely. I, I have two Harley Bentons, and I will say play them more than my other guitars. So Yeah. yeah. I don't know. No, it's cool. Oh, and, and, and a quick aside, as far as Harley Benton goes. So... On Facebook, I like, you know, you get that, that, that section where it says people you may know, right? And because I'm friends with a bunch of the, create, the YouTube creators and stuff, I get like crazy people like Rebay and, and like, like big names. Yeah, yeah. The guy yeah. who, like, so Harley Benton's owned by Tolman. So the, Mr. Tolman. He accepted my friend request today. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Nice. So I'm Facebook friends with a guy who owns Tolman. And, wow, uh, man. And, and Harley Benton, yeah. It was like I, just get, I, just get, um, I just get friend requests for a bunch of third-rate podcasters. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Those pop up, too. Yeah. I'm sure we'd, we'd all be recommended for each other if we weren't, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. if we weren't already best friends. Like, who's this <laughs> asshole? Exactly. All right. Jo- Joe, what's yeah. new with you, man? So, since we're going to do a what's new in each of these episodes, I'm going to save some of my what's news for the other one. And just, this seemed the most appropriate thing. I'm going to play something here for us to listen to. And uh, hopefully this will be also what's new for you guys. See if you can figure out what this is. Oh, man, no cry. 
<laughs> I'm doing it to you already. So we see a uh, woman looking over a beach right now in this trailer for this this new movie coming out. We see some people walking into a throne room. So you guys know what I'm watching, right? Yeah, duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. The, the trailer for Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. um, beautifully shot. Just, just the way, like, I'm so excited to see this movie just because of how this trailer oh. looks. Hell yeah. Dude, that, that trailer blew me away. And by now I've watched it like a hundred times. Yeah. It is probably my favorite superhero trailer. Yeah. It, it's it, really good. It's right up there with Man of Steel. Man of Steel had a great, great trailer. But mm, this... That's about all it had, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saved all the best bits for the trailer. Yeah. I, I say to this day, Man of Steel's trailer is one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> But, man, Wakanda Forever, the trailer, it just looks incredible. And, the music, the artwork. Oh, and, yeah, dude, the music. That, mm, mm. Um, We get it, kind of an introduction to kind of what's going to be going on here also. What's the most powerful nation in the world? Uh, so I got to get this. Have I not given everything? You write her in for the Academy Award just off that yeah. trailer now, yeah. please. Yeah. Fucking please. Mm. Oh, it's so good. Mm. Oh God! It's so, perfect, perfect lead-in to the, today's episode. We're here for a reason today. Why are we here, Eric? We are here to celebrate what is one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. We're going to talk about Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to not miss it this time. <laughs> My favorite part of this entire song. Right now. Hey! Dude, Black. <sighs> very nicely done. Black Panther. This movie wears a beret and carries a baton. It does in a big, bad fucking way. Now, mm -hmm. I didn't watch this movie in a long time because I knew the effect it would have on me after... Chadwick Boseman passed away. Yeah. Um, and it did. So fuck you, Joe. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't ready to spend my... Yeah. No, I wasn't no, ready to spend, not me. Not you. Yeah, not Duck. Not me. I wasn't ready to spend my morning like that, guys. But God damn it, man. This movie, as hard as it hit before, every scene, yes. every scene was relentless yeah. in the way it hit me. Yep. Um, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. Right? Like, it's just, it's just, it's, we'll, we'll get into it as we go scene by scene, but just the things the characters are saying, just, you know, every, mm -hmm. every line, stand up and show them who you are. Like, man, this movie just hits on a whole nother level. Yeah. In a million and different ways. For me, it's, it's also the one Marvel movie that there's obviously a message 
there's a lot of messages with this flick message but none of <laughs> all of it was done so beautifully and seamlessly that yeah the movie just rolled as opposed to marvel's normal tendency to just be heavy-handed with with you know their telling of these <laughs> delivering of these messages you know um they're not yeah, good at that part of it. the direction also oh no no no! ryan kugel holy crap that yeah. guy he's like he's generational talent that man Correct. he really is <laughs> you know i mean the soundtrack it's funny we're obviously we're, we're doing multiple episodes tonight recording the soundtracks of all three of these are fantastic oh yeah. God. all three that we're doing tonight are great but this soundtrack is like just, the fucking Killmonger theme gets me every time. Right? Right? Um, just, yeah. yeah. Before so. we start talking about this movie, if you haven't seen Black Panther yet, you don't even need to have seen any other Marvel film. Right. Yep. You really don't. You could just go into this movie as someone who gives not one shit about superhero movies, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you something about this film will move you. It yeah. is just a powerful, powerful movie. Um. But let's. I'm, I'm, Did you ever wonder, like, what would happen if Lion King was a superhero movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Killmonger's yeah. kind of the scar who comes in and takes out the Mufasa. Yeah, but. I, I just. Scar was irredeemable. Yeah, and, and yeah. Killmonger was. I mean, I, I understand where he's coming from, but he kind of went a little overboard with it. Right. Mm. I mean, we talk a lot about the MC villains, you know, as these movies go yeah. on. Killmonger in this movie, uh, played by Michael B. Jordan, is probably my favorite Marvel villain in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, that, he's really likable too. He he is likable. He's charismatic, but goddamn, if you don't understand where he's coming from, and some of his scenes make me cry just as much as some of the T'Challa stuff. Yes, I mean yeah. it, it's yes, it's so emotionally grounded. I gotta mm-hmm. get off my knees. I, <laughs> we got to start talking. <laughs> <about it>. Yeah. <laughs> We got to jump into this movie. Um, we open. A voice from a young boy asks to tell him a story. The adult's voice tells the story of vibranium, a gigantic meteorite with the toughest metal. Vibranium crashed in the region of the sources of the Nile River millions of years ago, and it affected the plants and the life in the area. Um, later, in the age of humans, Five tribes in the land named Wakanda battle for control of that vibranium until a spirit led a certain warrior to find and eat a heart-shaped herb affected by the metal. He gained superhuman abilities and became the first Black Panther. Four of the five tribes submit to his power, but one tribe wants freedom. We, they become very important later on. Uh, the Wakandans use the vibranium to develop highly advanced technology. They see the horrors of the other nations in the world and isolated themselves from the rest of them. They hid and pretended that they are not industrial, industrially developed and instead act like a third world country. Yeah, now this scene's really cool too because the entire thing is like being played out by vibranium. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. the visual, like there, it, you see like it form and it creates, it, it's just, it's really cool the way they, they shot that. Or mm-hmm. CGI'd that, I guess, with the proper terms. Yeah, um, I mean, right out of the jump, you know, it, it was a really smart way to to get you to understand all these heavy comic booky concepts. Uh, like, I like that they got all that shit out of the way. You know, where some of these other Marvel movies, you're sort of wrestling, like, who is that, and what does that do, and what is that thing, and what is that stone? It's like this is pretty simple. Look, it's a fairy tale. Here's the story. Here's what you need to know. 
and go. Yep, absolutely. All right. So next, um, it doesn't say here, but what was what year was or were we in Oakland? It was ninety two. Oh, okay. I, think, I think it was 92. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah, it said the next one. But in any case, we are now in uh, Oakland, California. Um, and we meet uh, Prince Njobu, played by Sterling K. Brown. That's another thing, the cast they brought in for this. Oh, I my mean, God. Fuck know, yeah. Big parts, little parts. Everybody wanted to be involved. And they just, you know, that's also what made this movie as as beautiful as, as it was. So... Uh, so Prince Njobu vows to share Wakanda's technology with the people of African descent around the world in order to help them conquer their oppressors. Um, Njobu enlists uh, the help of black market arms dealer Ulysses Claw um, to infiltrate Wakanda and remove a cache of vibranium. Um, King T'Chaka. I was like, T'Chaka. That's a cool name. Uh, he learns... like. The actions that are going on by his brother and he confronts Njobu and uh he, he becomes pretty angry and the, the way they do the scene is pretty interesting because like we're in this like apartment building in like the middle of Oakland and like the kids see this thing come out of the sky and then all of a sudden he's in you know I love the whole like uh what are they the door door melage yeah yeah where the two the two guards sitting there and they approach him and then he pulls like his lip down and it shows the little like glow-in-the-dark tattoo yeah it's the war and dark then tattoo once he proves himself like they Boom, boom, the lights go out, and then, like, the lights come right back on, he's just fucking standing there all black right. panthered out, and I'm like, that's the coolest fucking, like, entrance ever. That's misdirection. We'll talk yeah, about that later. <laughs> yeah. In another episode. So, um, he, uh, threatens to kill, um, uh, T'Chaka's friend, uh, played by Forrest Whitaker, another fucking, like, I just, what the hell? Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, but T'Chaka, you know, ends up, you know, killing Njobu to save Zuri, and then uh, abandons Njobu's son, Eric, to prevent, you know, the Wakandan people from learning the truth. They don't want, you know, to know that he was outside doing all this shit, kind of like. But he didn't want to kill a kid at the same time. Right. This was this was a really well done scene. Yes, it um, was. Because when he, when he gets there to talk to his brother, it starts as, you know, hey, look, how are you, man? Like, it's all cool. Hugs aplenty. Yeah. And it very quickly goes into... I know you fucked me over territory. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you find out that his buddy there was, was actually a Wakandan spy. Like, it's just, yeah. it keeps flipping itself on its head so oh. many times. And you're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Just a logistical question. Is that, like, tattoo, like, always visible? Or is it only visible, like, if they, like, do something, like, special? Like, do they have to, like, pinch and then pinch the bottom of their lip? Because, like, it seems like someone would have noticed that by now. The dentist? <laughs> the fucking yeah. orthodontist yeah. is like, yo, what's this, man? Like, what? Exactly. Yo, it's my it's my tooth whitener system. <laughs> it's like it's like the black light. <laughs> yes. Um. So now we jump back to present day from April twenty sixth, nineteen ninety two. Um, <laughs> following T'Chaka's death at the hands of Zemo, we remember this whole deal from the previous MCU episodes we did. Um, he was disguised as a masked James Barnes, aka Bucky, aka the Winter Soldier. At this point, his son T'Challa returns to Wakanda to assume the throne. After working with Okoye, the leader of the all-female fighting force, the Dora Milaj, the fucking baddest bitches on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, so incredible. Um, to extract his ex-lover, Nakia, from an undercover assignment in Nigeria's Sambisa Forest. 
He reunites with his mother, Queen Ramonda, and his younger sister, Princess Shuri, the nation's current technological genius. She is the Tony Stark of this movie. Yeah. Um, at his right. kingship ceremony, he is challenged for the crown by M'Baku, who is the leader of the fifth tribe, the mountain-dwelling Jabari. Now, all of the imagery so far, when they're showing Wakanda and they're showing the Afrofuturism and the and the technology and the ships and it's interspliced with that you know that African cultural you know, I love it color uh, and, and vibrancy it's so fucking cool yes I saw this movie in a theater full of black people and it was the greatest way to see this movie because the oh, tears man. and the cheers and it was so powerful like this imagery was so fucking deep and mm -hmm. powerful I will never forget that experience um it was just well, joyous, man. Like, it was 0% exploitive, which is yeah, yeah. what tends to happen when you introduce that vibe into a movie. It's just there to placate or to exploit, and it devalues the whole thing. But this was genuine and real, and again, that's what made it how good it is. Yeah, yeah. I agree, man. Uh, it was I mean, this, isn't, this isn't Undercover Brother. <laughs> this is not no this no. is not undercover brother or no. pootie tang or yeah well <laughs> this was sadate sadate <laughs> yeah yeah no this was not that this this appears to have been made from a place of real respect and reverence and love and it was a, a real celebration of of uh the culture and it meant a lot to people man it really really did um it was it was easy to get caught up in that feeling yeah yeah um, um, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead, man. I was just—I was just going to say we got to touch on on the actors, of yeah. these characters that we're talking about now. I mean, you know, Okoye is Danae Guerrera from mm. uh, Walking Dead and many other things. She's just absolutely amazing. Um, Nakia is Lupita Nyong'o, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah right. Oh I mean, God. you know, so she, another amazing, and then uh, you know. Black Panther's mother is, um, yeah, sure. What's her name? Uh, Angela Bassett. Oh, yeah, Angela Bassett. Yes, Angela Bassett. Yeah. Jesus, I, I just, sorry. I drew a From everything ever. The right. Academy <laughs> Award nominated for the, the trailer of Wakanda Forever. Wakanda. Angela yeah. Bassett. Well, yeah. and an Academy Award winner, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah and uh, Princess Shuri is, is Letitia Wright. So, I mean, it, it, it just goes on and on and on. Again, big parts, small parts. Yeah. Nobody steals the show. Nobody outshines anybody because they're like this imperfect symmetry. The only thing I'm mad about is that John Witherspoon wasn't in this. Gosh, he should have been in Joe. here somewhere. What? Like, he's amazing. Joe. I want him in here. He could have been the river guy. Cast. He could have been the river guy in the green suit. What about Eddie Murphy? Should he have been no. this too? No, just John Witherspoon because I love John oh, Witherspoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't go in the Black Panther suit room for about 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> He'd have been so perfect. There has to be at least one comedic role in this movie that he could have killed. I'm okay. sure. Listen, he was great. He was great. And I will say this, too, before I, I finish this out, this paragraph out. This movie, watching it, reminded me that the next horror movie we do has to be Us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That movie yep. is unbelievable. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it is. And it's really good. We have I want to see No. Actors. I haven't seen that yet. You haven't seen oh, Joe. Yeah, I know I you're not a seen, horror guy. He's not a big horror fan. Yeah. But But I this, am a big Jordan Peele fan. Yeah, this is not your typical this is your thinking man's horror movie. Yeah, mm, that's why yeah, I like yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Okay. 
Well, I mean, I watched I watched Get Out and I watched um, Us, so I, I want to say Nope now. Like they were both were great movies to me. Like they they got me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nope. Because they're nope. not just your typical slasher movie. No, not right. at all, dude. They're, they're they're it's like Planet of the Apes, man. It's like a long Twilight Zone. It's a beautiful yes. mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So we'll get back into it. Uh, we left off with Shuri. She's super smart. She's the uh, you know, technological genius of the country. Yeah, she's smarter than Tony Stark. I'm sorry, but she's yeah, just, she's she's got him. She by really kind of yeah. got an edge on him. Oh well, yeah. You know? I, I I I'm not questioning that at all. But could it also be because she has way better material to work with than Tony Stark? Like his ass is working in a cave with some fucking like scraps, scraps. and a bomb. She's got vibranium. I mean, it's like not really a fair playing field. Uh, but you know, it's all in the brain. That's yeah, but I mean, it's in the brain. I mean. He Look, has every tool at his exposure. But his not disposal. vibranium. In but vibranium. Tool, oh, come on. He's not working in a cave. He's working in stuck industry. You can heal a gunshot in one day with vibranium. Are you offended that she's smarter than Tony? Is no. That I'm, what just, it is? I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, it's, listen it's an up, unequal. Listen, it's colonizer. We're, we got but there's no question. There isn't a question about it. This isn't a discussion. She's I'd smarter like to see, than Tony. I'd like to see, like, a whole, like, Iron Chef of them both working with vibranium to see what they would win. <laughs> You know, I'm not are. saying he's smarter or she's smarter. I'm just saying like okay. it's an unfair like it's it's apples and oranges. They're two different things. You're gonna get to see some more of that explored in this next Black Panther movie because you are gonna meet Ironheart. This gonna also be Namor. Stuff. Yeah, Namor. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I digress. Um, we are at T'Challa's kingship ceremony, but he's challenged by Mbaku, leader of the uh, Jabari tribe. To can engage. we talk about before this though? Like the whole lead up to this ceremony is fucking awesome. They're on the right? rafts going oh, down yeah. the river. The, they fucking great. dorm watch, boom, and like the air bubble like makes the whole lake drown and like uh like uh, yeah. drain out. The drain, dude. That, that's what I'm saying. When I was in that theater, yeah, people were on their feet. Didn't even know what the movie was gonna be yet. And when that sequence happened and they showed all of that, people were so fucking excited. Ah, man. Yeah. Um. So. M'Baku and uh, Prince, almost King T'Challa, engage in ritual combat because M'Baku challenges him for the throne. Uh, T'Challa emerges victorious after a really, really cool fight scene, and he becomes the new king. He lets M'Baku live as a showing of mercy, yep. and uh, we go from there. Yeah. I like uh, the fight, too. Like how, like how they keep like, coming in closer with the spears the whole time. Yes. Yeah, it's to keep really them, fucking cool. It keeps them on track, <laughs> so to yeah. speak. <laughs> Make sure the two of them are doing their doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll probably touch on some of the CG, but this this was good. This fight was was up close and personal. It was really good. Um, so yeah, and just to mention, Winston Duke is Mbaku, mm-hmm. and then we also meet Daniel Kaluuya. He's also in this. I mean, it just keeps going and going also, and going. As I, I uh, Wakabi. Not- not only two actors, three actors in the movie Us from Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we, uh, we now shift to uh, present-day London. Um, we see a gang led by the aforementioned uh, Claw, uh, and including an ex-U.S. black ops soldier named Eric Stevens, um, whose nickname, <laughs> nickname, moniker, is uh, Killmonger. Um, we'll... we'll We'll hear about exactly why he got that name soon. This is a great scene, too, because, like, Killmonger's in there, and he's, like, looking at all the different artifacts and has, like, the museum curator come over to talk to him. Yeah. And he's, like, just letting her basically, like, have, like, I know what this is. You're, you're, not, you're like, full of shit. Like, 
you know, maybe that's what like it's been whitewashed to look like, but this is yeah. what it actually is. And then like um, the whole just like you've been trying to watch me, but you're not watching what you're putting in your body. And he like just knocks her out, and then like the whole the whole heist comes in and breaks in. Yes, it's fun. No, it's, and then it's very Claw, cool. Like you see the the little fun. It's good. Okay, I'm gonna let you live. Just get out of here. And then he shoots the guy in the back of the head. Yeah, want to spread it out. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. E- even Eric's conversations, like you said, with with the museum curator, um, just letting her do her thing, like you said, and and then letting her know the real deal. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of a joke that's making the rounds now. <laughs> so, guys, why are the pyramids in Egypt? Oh no, why are they? Because they're too big to fit in the British Museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. Uh, yeah, so, so that was pretty, pretty well summed up by Eric uh, in his conversation. So, yeah, he's there. Um, you know, they, they are there to steal a mislabeled axe that is made, by, made of vibranium. Um, so, you know, they get a hold of that. Eric takes a, uh, a, an old ceremonial uh, war mask that... Um, and I love his thing. Why are you taking that? How much is that worth? No, I, th- I'm just feeling it. <laughs> That's why I liked it. He's just feeling the look of it. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's very menacing. So uh, it's cool. Um, so when the tribal, so the, after this heist, um, the tribal elders, they get word that, that uh, Claw is, uh, has resurfaced in South Korea, probably to make a deal and sell the axe uh, to Charles' friend Wakabi who lost his parents as a result of Claw's actions previously, uh, urges the young monarch to bring him to justice, meaning kill him. <laughs> yeah. So T'Challa, Okoye, and Nakia plan to intercept Claw at an underground casino in Busan, uh, where he will be selling the axe to an unknown buyer. Um, the plan, however, you know, it goes awry when T'Challa discovers the buyer uh, is CIA agent uh, Everett Ross, and Klaus suspects the deal is a setup. So again, Martin Freeman, another great actor, is in this movie as as uh, Everett Ross and Andy Serkis as, as Claw. He he's just he's a he's a force. <laughs> he's so much fun. Yeah. You know, he's such a force. And I mean, he does he sort of does the Christian Bale thing where he bulks up and thins down for for his roles because you know he got pretty big, not super big, but he got pretty big for this role. You know. Yeah. And yeah. and the South African accent and everything with oh man yeah he was he was great in this so um, while they're in here the deal kind of like falls apart you know Claw comes in with the goons and they shoot through the 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 thing of diamonds He's like oh I would have got a fancy briefcase too but you know why <laughs> <laughs> exactly um um Okoye. Uh, realizes her cover's been blown and she just fucking like spears she throws her fucking like wig in someone's face <laughs> i know yeah another uh, get, great fight scene uh, oh, such yeah. a great fight scene i love when like um claw also pulls his like vibranium like arm out and then shoots at the fucking money box and it blows up ever yeah he's like i made it rain yeah i know he slapped <laughs> it so hard he's so easily <clears throat> amused yeah. uh they go outside and we see this like epic car chase through the streets of south korea take place um, it's really cool though. Cause like, um, there's, there's one car that, you know, Koye throws this like little thing on and then basically, uh, Shuri can drive that car from back in Wakanda and like a, like a, basically the best, like virtual simulator ever. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
the whole like car chase is really awesome. Um, you know, they're trying to shoot him, but the car is, of course, made of vibranium, so it's bulletproof. Um, and uh, I like when uh, Okoye gets out with her spear, and she fucking throws it through the window of the SUV, and it lands in front of her. And mm. <laughs> the right, yeah. Up. Yep, totally uh, flips the vehicle. Yeah. You know, of, of course, um, T'Challa, he's running around in Black Panther costume, and uh, he grabs the ground and flips the car. It's about to crash, and just... It's this epic fucking chase scene, and at the very end of it... He finally gets to claw by clawing out the uh, hubs of the wheels of the fucking SUV and making that bitch flip. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, he's, he's got him against the car. And he looks like he's fucking going to kill him. Like, he's, like, ready to kill his ass. He's, like, even, like, gave him the whole fucking reading of your rights. Like, you have done this and this and this and this. It's your time. And, like, you start to realize the whole fucking crowd around him is videotaping him. Yeah, and, yeah, they uh, they, t- they stop him, and Okoye, I think, is the one that says, like, the yeah, world is watching you. The world is watching you. Like, be careful. Yeah. Um, so they go back with uh, Ross, um, and now they're in CIA, uh, CIA custody, kind of clearinghouse thing, and you, you get this, like, scene of, like, the glass mirror, and, and Claw's just fucking around with him. He doesn't care. He's, like, in there, like, yeah. laughing and joking around, and Ross is talking to um, um, T'Challa and Okoye about, you know, he had this vibranium. I thought the only vibranium ever was for Captain America's shield. And then it's like, he has this. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's all the vibranium there is. No <laughs> yeah. vibranium here. No. No. Yeah. Um, and they're talking to each other in Wakandan, which is pretty funny because they're talking shit about him to his face. Um, <laughs> they're having an argument about whether they should let them talk to Claw at all. But, uh, you know, T'Challa's like, I got this. Puts his hand on his shoulder. Turns out there's a listening device so he can actually hear what they're saying to each other in the room. Um, Claw's in there telling him, like, all this shit, like, man, I know about Wakanda. He's like, you ain't never heard of Wakanda. He's like, you think it's some fucking little fishing village? <laughs> oh, you don't even yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and while this is happening, um, you know, we, we kind of get the idea that someone's coming to break Claw out of the fucking holding cell. Um, and we get to see Killmonger and the rest of their, their kill crew. I don't know what they're called. Do they have a name, Eric, like that crew? No, they're just, you know, they're just little disposable lackeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah Richard. Hopefully they're not like the Killmonger <laughs> Claw crew in like the crew is spelled with a K also because Killmonger and Claw are. <laughs> no, no, that would, that would be bad. No, they're yeah. the Cheesemongers. That's the, che- the Cheesemongers. Yeah. Cheesemongers. Oh, no. You- Eric. See? I know. Yep. I was waiting for it. So while this is going on, Ross takes a bullet, you know, to protect... I don't remember, who was he jumping? Was he jumping in front of T'Challa or was he jumping in front of Okoye? He took a bullet for one of them, I know that. Uh, for Nakia. Uh, Nakia. Oh, for Nakia. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he did. Um, so um, instead of, you know, chasing Claw, they, they take Ross back to Wakanda. That way Shuri can, you know, use the nation's advanced technology to save Ross's life. Yeah, this was now in that car chase sequence, um, Nakia and Okoye are, are in their you know, armored vehicle. Yes. And they're being shot at by all these machine guns. And you see, not only are the bullet, you know, it's, yeah. it's absurdly armored. So the bullets aren't even really making noise when they hit the windshield. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're so calm sitting there. And yeah. it, it just looks like rain. Yeah. And the line is, you know, these something to the effect of like these men's and their guns are so primitive. And it was a cool moment because the character flaw of claw as a minor villain is he's this, this sort of backward racist asshole and he's yeah. calling them savages the entire movie right 
Yep. And they have this little moment of clarity, like in in the middle of all this action, where they're just kind of chilling in, in the car, and they're like, <sighs> like these fucking people are so unevolved with their violence, and you know, <laughs> meanwhile they're calling us savages. So it was it's an, another subtle little moment that Kugler, you know, yep. drove home really, really well. Um, yeah. Uh, oh shit! My whole page just freaked out. Uh, <laughs> no, we can't. We we can't move past when they bring Ross in to Shuri, the oh, line, yeah. you know, look, oh, look, another broken white boy we have to fix. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's just so perfect. Have it's we so been introduced perfect. to the fact that the other white boy's there yet? We we have because... Or is that the end of the movie? That was the end cap of Civil War, I believe. Yes. Yeah, it was. Where he, was. you know, the message was Black Panther forgiving and, you know, bringing... A, Bucky to Wakanda, so yeah. you got yep. to see the beginning of that journey. But you know, yeah, we get to see that as that progresses much mm-hmm. later. Um, so Killmonger actually kills Claw, who he's been working with this whole time. A little double cross action takes place, oh, yeah. and that was purposeful because he takes his body to Wakanda as a token, revealing his identity as uh, Jobu's son to the tribal elders, and then challenging T'Challa for the throne. Now there's a lot of throne challenging in this movie. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is like Wakanda Game of Thrones. Yeah, T'Challa, fucking just leave me alone and let me rest for five <laughs> fucking minutes. Yeah, and you can't, man. Um, yeah. Killmonger, he's been preparing for this moment his entire life. This dude is fucking jacked. First of all, oh yeah, <laughs> um, just a, a a ruthless fighter and killer. In a way that T'Challa's, you know, T'Challa's been training his whole life too, but he's trying to learn like a more tactful, peaceful, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. approach. Not Killmonger, man. Eric Killmonger whoops this man's ass oh, in ritual yeah. combat and throws him off a waterfall in a heart-wrenching scene where you get to see his mother and his sister fall to pieces. Uh, yeah. Hard to watch. And there's not much they can do about it because this is accepted in their culture as you know this is the way man like Mm -hmm. uh, luckily one of them was smart and was like we gotta get the fuck out of here right now yeah we we gotta gotta go go. like let's let's holy game you can't stay here no more and you see okoye really really struggling because her duty is to her country and to the throne but fucking she seeing her face like her king was killed yeah um Killmonger ingests the heart-shaped herb and gains the powers of the Black Panther. And then, since there's more of those heart-shaped herbs laying around, he's like, no, 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 fuck that. Burn them. Burn that shit. Yeah, (laughs) no no more of these, just me. Um, He enacts his father's plan, which is preparing shipments of Wakandan weapons to be distributed to Wakandan operatives around the world. Um, Nakia, Shuri, Ross, and T'Challa's mother, Ramonda, flee to seek the aid of the Jabari tribe and learn that M'Baku's men have found and are caring for the comatose T'Challa. Um, this was this was wild, man. Yeah. And to see Killmonger's plan just come to fruition so, I, I want to say effortlessly because he, he had so much confidence walking into that place. Yeah. You know, even yeah. when in the throne He's like, room. He's like, y'all sitting up here looking nice. I'm just trying to eat. Yeah, and and again, you relate to this character a lot 
throughout this movie because you totally understand where he's coming from. He's not wrong about anything Mm-mm. except the way he goes about. Oh yeah, he's too extreme about it, but right, his, yeah. his it's justified rage, but it's you know it's the rage that's the heart of the issue of this movie, um, and well, it's revenge-driven yeah. justice, and that's never a good thing. Yeah. But, you know. And uh, walking into that throne room and, you know, saying, hey, auntie, like, yeah, yeah. I know. Hey, super, super casual. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a great it was a great sequence. It was a great way to to set up that villain. Oh, oh, but definitely. also, like when they do go up to the um, to Mbaku, I fucking love him. He's like, chilling. he's like, he's like, shut up. Not another word or I'll feed you to my children. <laughs> and then he's like. I'm just kidding. We're vegetarians. <laughs> he fucking does like the best Drax laugh ever. He's I fucking know. Like, laughing. It's like, it was great. And just the way he shuts Ross up. <laughs> yeah. Every time he opens his mouth, he just grunts. Yeah. And gorilla <gasps> grunts. And it's just hysterical. It's so great. Like, Ross so is like, good. what the fuck is going on here? But, yeah. But it, I it's also, a, yeah. Uh, I want to, in my house now, hang a bunch of pieces of wood like that. Because it just looks oh, fucking looks cool. so cool. It does. It does. And it's important to point out, though, also that uh, before they left the palace, uh, Nakia, right? She took one of the one of yes. the herbs yeah, with her. Yeah, she saved one. And their plan, because obviously they didn't know that that T'Challa was still was still alive. Their plan was to get Mbaku to take it, mm-hmm. and him be the challenger to to uh, Killmonger. Um, and that's when they revealed that T'Challa is alive. Basically, he's covered in snow. And they said, well, don't think about a snow because he's going to die, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, then they, they uh, say, so at this point, uh, Nakia takes the heart-shaped herb and um, gives it to, puts it, well, she grinds it up and, and sort of feeds it to T'Challa. Um, he has another vision uh, during this process, which they all seem to have, where he meets his father uh to call him on his bullshit <laughs> yeah and to call his father and all the other elders on their bullshit for hiding wakanda for all these years or not for hiding it but for not helping the world yeah. you know keeping it to themselves and, and yeah again and this is great because is another example of not being heavy-handed in this it's basically killmonger's ideas but put on the elders of Wakanda because it's like they had a good reason for doing what they did, but ultimately it's not a good thing, you know, by hiding the technology and not helping the world all yes. these centuries. So, yeah, he calls them on their bullshit because uh, they want him to come home. And he says, no, I'm not done yet. And we, we didn't touch on this, but you're, every time you take these herbs and, and do this ritual – you end up in what they call the ancestral plane, which yeah. is yeah. Their, their version of the afterlife mm-hmm. in Wakandan culture. So the first time we see T'Challa go there earlier in the movie, so when he gets his power back after that fight with M'Baku, he sees his dad. And it's a very warm, you know, right. loving reception there. And he leaves that with great feelings and a smile on his face. And, you know, everything you would imagine, like seeing a loved one, in the afterlife would be like and then this is this is the third time we go there because the second time is when uh killmonger steals that herb and he goes there himself in the ritual his experience is much different he he doesn't go to the ancestral plane in wakanda he goes to the ancestral plane in oakland right in in his old apartment 
to to reckon with his father and that's when you really start to relate to the meat and bones of that character and yeah i mean there's there's a lot of dimension he's not again not a mustache twirling villain like there are tears to be had oh. in, in that scene yeah. it's a tough scene to watch and uh you you empathize with him and what he's where he came from and what he's doing this third time we get there like doug said this is when the son gets to call his father out on the on the bullshit which is a little more realistic because what in reality when someone dies we tend to turn them into a superhero no matter what they were like mm-hmm. in life if you had the opportunity to to really you know have an honest conversation with someone about the mistakes they made in their life and that they left you with to burden um it's hugely powerful man and to get to see that on the screen right again this is this is so much more than a superhero movie well um, i mean to t'challa was as much influenced by Eric, by Killmonger, as he was by his own thoughts about opening up Wakanda because, you know, Eric's story hit home. Yeah. It woke, it woke him up. Yeah. He, you know, he because again, he's not wrong. Yeah, he absolutely told his <laughs> this father. This is centuries and centuries and centuries of colonization and oppression. Yeah. And, you know, even in present day, it's still going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eric woke him up to this. So that also contributes to why he he's you know he feels the need to call into the carpet. So yeah, you, know. you had the means to help this kid, who right. you should have helped, and you made the choice not to, and that was wrong. Like just to be able to tell yep. him, you're wrong, you're wrong. Fuck you, fuck yeah. you, fuck you. I'm out. Like yes. you know, That's just what he did. Amazing scene. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, so after that, T'Challa, he's back, right? He, he's back. He, uh, we, we see that uh, Shuri, or one of them, has the necklace. So he's even got his suit. Uh, he's got the Black Panther suit as well. Um, so they head back to, uh, you know, back down the mountain to Wakanda uh, with, with their plans in hand. Um, and T'Challa then confronts Killmonger um, there's some heavy shit. I see. This is where it's foggy for me. So, the the, the others go into the lab, right? Because mm-hmm. they've got to stop. Right. Sorry. So all the others go, and their job is to stop the shipment of the weapons. Yeah. So it, yeah, because Killmonger sends these ships out. One gets gets nixed immediately and crashes to yeah. the ground. You yeah. see T'Challa climb out of the wreckage right and basically just say i never yielded you know yeah. <laughs> challenges and over and as you can see i am clearly not dead oh, yes exactly <laughs> badass exactly yes. so that confrontation is just the best um because there there is a there is a little seed of doubt you see creep over killmonger when he sees this mm-hmm. you know he thought it was all said and done and he was well on his way and yeah. he you know that was his oh shit moment and and you can see it on his face i mean he's still determined um you know he flat out says i you know i killed you once i'm going to kill you again um so yeah so now you know we're jumping back and forth between scenes of the attempt to stop the flights and uh you know finally um killmonger and and t'challa going at it so um Okay, so, yeah, so when Killmonger refuses to cooperate, his claim to the throne is immediately invalidated, and Okoye and the uh, Dora Milaje turn against him. Uh, so there's a battle between them first. However, Killmonger, who's now wearing 
you know, his version of the Black Panther armor, um, you know, they really don't stand a chance against him. So, you know, he's, he's taking care of business there. So uh, Shuri, Nakia, and um, Jabari, they start battling Wakabi, who is a turncoat at this point. I mean, he, he, he was consumed by his want for revenge. Again, it's revenge-driven yep. motivation yep. To, you know, to, to avenge his parents' death. Mm -hmm. uh, so at the hands of Claw. So, you know, he, he's siding with, with Killmonger the whole way. Um, and we see the, a new iteration of the remote control, um, in, in one of the, uh, the craft, the aircraft, uh, that, uh, Ross, the CIA agent Ross is now flying because he was an air force pilot before. Um, so it's his mission now to get the last of the, of the aircraft that are delivering the weapons to shoot them down before they go into stealth mode outside of the Wakandan dome. So, um, with Shuri's guidance, he shoots down the planes carrying the weapons before they can leave the country. Um, another cool chase scene, chase, so to speak. Um, there's some very cool, you know, CG flying and, and um, some cool weapons, Wakandan weapons with the two, with the, with the uh, basically the spears that get in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Ross's ship and slow them down, things like that. It was, a, it was definitely a fun thing to watch. Yeah. Um, I like Shuri so, saying, uh, I made it American for you. <laughs> yeah. The cockpit. It's like, oh, okay, thanks. Exactly. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, I love Martin Freeman, but his American accent, at least something to beat is him and Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, though. Good. His American accent in Fargo was really good, though. Well, yeah, you know what it is? It's, uh, I mean. Because he had that, that Minnesota right. American accent. When you put the affectation of a Minnesota accent or a Southern accent, yeah. it is easier to speak the english you know the american english as opposed to just like standing even a brooklyn accent or you know it's the same thing it's all yeah. it's much easier to do so um but martin freeman we love you anyway we you do. were cool you were. uh so um the battle is going poorly for t'challa's side uh you know and they're the, the last few of, of the resistance are the, you know, the walls are closing in on them until we hear um, Mbaku and his, his boys and girls uh, doing their, the, you know, the gorilla Ooh. grunt. Yeah. yeah. And What's really it, funny is, um, and I, I think this was first, but um, in Game of Thrones, the, when they did the battle outside of Winterfell with, like, Ramsay Bolton versus, like, the, the army, and, like, they were circled up, and there was, like, only a couple people left with Jon Snow standing in the middle. Yeah. And then it was a very similar scene. Like, they were standing there with their shields in the circle, and they were about to get killed, and then the other yeah. army comes in from the outside. Yep. I yeah. just love the, the way that felt. Like, oh, same. no, definitely. No, that's an arms-in-the-air moment. There's no yeah. question about it. I, I remember in the theater, that I, I was like, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah. That's, I guess, just a common trope that happens a lot. Oh, no, no, really no, cool. yeah, but it, it's... Every time you see it, it's super fucking cool. No. Because you're like... You're like they're going to lose. They're going to, no, here it comes the reinforcements. Right. And, <laughs> I mean, even, and that's even, why they do it because it works. It gets the emotions going, you know? Yeah. It pumps you up, dude. Yeah. M'Baku, even that character, they gave so much depth to because in, in that previous scene, after they healed T'Challa, he asks him for help. He's like, you know, I need an army, man. Like I need your help. And M'Baku's kind of like, why the fuck would I help you? Yeah, like, exactly. You know, you're the first yeah. king to come visit us in 300 years. Like, mm -hmm. no, man, no. The answer is no. So it right. gives it even more weight when they show up. because Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so 
Mbaku and the Jabari uh, arrival turns the tide in, in the battle on the, on the planes in front of, uh, um, you know, the uh, spaceport and such. So uh, T'Challa and Killmonger's battle carries them into the heart of the vibranium mine. Um, they land down where all the trains are mining, you know, and, and moving the vibranium. Um, so this is definitely a CGI fuckfest that falls oh, yeah. a little short. Uh, yes. Everybody yes. knows that it. it's well known. Even if you haven't seen the movie, you've probably at one point heard about uh, the, the, the lack of uh, effort, so to speak, by the CG team. Um, I have an interesting bit of newly mined information about this. Ah, please, lay it on us. So there was a recent article that came out from someone who works for an effects house that did a lot of these MCU movies. And apparently the way it works is, you know, as you would expect, it's like whoever the lowest bidder is gets this job, you know, to yeah. do CGI for these MCU movies. Um, but Marvel kind of knows that because, like, you also get the honor of being the team to do a Marvel movie, and it's kind of cool. So yeah. they don't they don't really want to pay these guys what they're owed or you yeah. know, what, what they should. And they overwork them. They're working 20 hour days. Yeah. The allegations are flying right now. Yeah. And apparently, yeah. you know, the big issue is with previs, like typically in movies, you put together this rough sort of animatic of what it's going to look like when it's done. And it's, it's rudimentary. It's like, here's the monster. He's going to do yeah. this. Not with the MCU. Apparently, Marvel forces these animators to do like an almost completely rendered version of what it's going to look like so that the director can see it. And that's unheard of. They're like, what wow. the fuck, man? That's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. And and for them to just say like, no, nah, I don't like that. That looks shitty. Fuck that. I mean, these guys are being worked to the bone. So apparently this scene this guy pointed to it as a great example of like when things don't connect because his his take was like directors don't necessarily understand the way cgi works in the context of the movies they're making because you know ryan coogler was not like a big effects movie guy before mm -hmm. this as great a director as he is so the reason the black panther fight and killmonger scene in the mines looks weird is because visually has nothing to do with the rest of the movie they didn't get to see the rest of the movie they didn't get to see how the actors moved you know right. or, or what the characters looked like on screen so it almost looks like a video game in comparison and it does you know it's the one blight on this whole fucking thing yeah. for me i i had read too that the um the minds were not as visually dark until they got the footage and they darkened it to hide the, yeah. the flaws in the CG fight. Um, you know, that's a, that's a very common tactic used by filmmakers. Um, but, yeah, so even given all that, the fight is really cool. Um, T'Challa hits up Shuri and tells her to turn the trains back on. And she reminds him that the magnetic, uh, you know, because they're maglev yeah. trains, so... Um, the, mag the magnetic levers that are folded down and activated as the trains pass are also going to make their suits turn off. And that's what T'Challa wants. He wants them to be on equal footing in that sense. Well, it'll also give him an advantage because he knows it's coming. Uh, so it, it's, it's a very cool, it, in that sense, it's a very cool battle. Um, so 
Um, where am I now? Okay, yeah. Oh my God, I lost myself, guys. Here we go. That's okay. Um, so during during one of the the moments that the train's passing, uh, Killmonger's body is exposed, and um, you know one of the one of the spears or the spear tip that they, they uh, Killmonger was trying to use, T'Challa gets it and and you know drives it into his cousin's heart, um, you know into his chest. Um, so I mean it's definitely over at this point, um, and uh, this is an <laughs> God. This is a scene I lost my shit on too, mm. when you know you know they're yeah. talking as as humans again and you know killmonger or eric just mentions that his dad always told him how beautiful wakanda was and that he was going to take him someday and all that never happened um so t'challa you know carries him basically you know outside so he can see before he dies he can see the, the majesty of wakanda and holy shit um is yeah, a I'm sorry. Pow- I'm no, it is a fucking powerful emotional scene. Um, yeah. You know, it's watching the sunset on, on Wakanda and yeah. Uh, yeah. tears in everyone's eyes, tears in my eyes, <laughs> tears yeah. in the actor's eyes. And, uh, you know, as this, as this scene goes on, um, you know, basically... He's, he's telling Eric, like, we can save you, man. Like, we can, you know, heal you. And he's telling him, fuck, no, no. Yeah. What are you going to do not. then? You're going to lock me up, right? Yeah. You know, the, that's his point. And then, yeah, he even, he says, you know, and I, I think about my ancestors on the slave ships um, that would get free and jump off the ship. Yeah. And, you know, that's me. I'd rather die free than be locked up. Mm-hmm. And he dies and like holy fuck yeah yeah, yeah the whole his line like um the slaves jumping off the slave ship they'd rather die than be you know imprisoned yeah 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 it's just like so fucking good yeah <clears throat> yeah so um yep yeah so uh you know with his victory t'challa is now restored to the throne officially um he brings mbaku back and you know tells him hey you know you guys have been like gone long enough you're wakandan you're part of this you should be here making decisions so he gets him on the tribal council um and mbaku you know rejects the fact that you know you know we've been isolated forever it's it's about time we come back and become part of this great nation again um t'challa then like we start seeing him take a more active role in the world um he appears before the united nations um he goes to the embassy in the united states in in um or he goes and creates an embassy in the United States, and it's in Oakland, and he wants it run yeah. by Nakia and Sherry. He basically says, building. it's time to, like, you know, not necessarily create a bunch of weapons that are going to take over the world, but to, you know, put Wakanda and technology to use to help people that can really use it, right. not have another Killmonger situation on our hands. Medical technology, transportation technology, anything that can better humanity. And, yeah. Uh, I, when he's at the at the UN and of course America being a dick. <laughs> yep. What can you offer us like with this smug indignation? And then um, was it, was it Okoye and him just yeah. look at each other with these little smirks on their faces and like America, you dick. <laughs> That's uh, that fucking scene. Yeah. I mean, all of that, that whole ending from the moment that 
we get back to Oakland and you see the kids on the basketball court yeah. in, you know, in Yo, modern look, time. Look at that space Bugatti. <laughs> space <laughs> Bugatti shows up. That shit was all so fucking powerful, man. And it yes. was it was so you know, to see it was they call it black excellence, man. Like the potential and yes. uh, in that kid's eyes, like seeing what they were capable of. You know, coming from this this neighborhood mm-hmm. that is historically bad. And then that scene, that after credit scene where they are in the UN and they smirk at each other, like, what do you have to offer? Yeah. It's like, you know, the whole message of, of that movie and where it was coming from was like, we have so much to offer, um, you know, despite yeah. everybody's sort of preconceived notions about who we are. And uh, it just, man, there, it's rare that this big spectacle of a movie hits points like that so well. It's just yeah. fucking... Mm. Definitely. Um, um, we do have one more post-credit scene. Um, we we see the three little kids looking over Bucky, Bucky, and uh, sure he's like, no, 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 he's gonna make it back to hell. We're gonna need him soon. Yeah, this is where we learn his nickname is the White Wolf. The yeah, the White Wolf. wolf. Yeah, and, and that's uh, it, man. That's, yeah, that's it, folks. That's Black Panther. Black Panther, fucking unbelievable movie. Amazing. Yep. But can't, let's uh, can't recommend let's, it enough. Let's uh, let's talk about it a little more. Let me uh, get into the portion of this show where we rate these things. Every time. <laughs> Fuck you, Doug. Yep. So, uh, of course, this isn't our standard um, movie listings. This is the MCU against the MCU. So, we rate these on a zero to five scale. Five being the best movie ever made. You know, Thor Ragnarok, and then you know, zero being I don't know something along the way. We've never given anything a zero. Maybe I it's mean, one of those. Maybe it's one of those one shots, <laughs> those Marvel one shots. <laughs> yeah, which we should do all those in one one uh, one oh. masterclass episode. Just do like there's like six of them. Just do all because they're like five or six minutes long each. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. That might be fun. But um, but yeah. Uh, so uh, what what do you guys uh, think? Who wants to go first in this one? I go first. Um, and again, I was I was look back at my ratings for the previous Marvel movies and I got to figure out where it fits in based on our Marvel only scale at this point. And man, this is tough <laughs> because you don't want to seem racist. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I don't have to worry about that. I know. No, I'm no, as a white person, I do have to worry about that. Yeah, you got to um, bump this up at least point two. <laughs> yeah. No, I, there's no reason to freaking races bump this movie just, at all. I'm just the fucking with fucking you. Amazing. And I'm just glad this was in Portuguese Panther. See, I'm, yeah, that's true. Oh, I got stories. Um, anyway, I'm kidding. I'm fucking kidding. Um, so, I mean, I'm looking at everything, and to me, it's better than Ragnarok. Um, oh, Joe, breaking come on. Heart. You're is. breaking my heart. Not to me. I'm breaking your heart, but as a movie, as a, as a film, as a significant piece of cinema, it's I'll definitely it way better than Ragnarok. As being significant and having a cause, yeah. Okay. Um, 
so yeah you know what i will put it on par with my highest rated um civil war and i will give it a 4.85 very nice high 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 yes i will go next i too think it's a better film than thor ragnarok <laughs> although i love thor ragnarok I was going to say, you got a problem there, buddy. <laughs> I don't have a problem. You know why? Because, uh, much like Joe, given throwing out fives, this is my first MCU 5.0. I can um, accept yeah. and respect that. I just, I, and it's not, he's not even my favorite superhero personally, but right. just what he means to uh, so many people is, is, it was absolutely contagious watching this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, five out of five. I, I, my wife asked me a couple of times if I was okay when I was watching this movie. And I was like, shut up. Like, <laughs> she's fucking with me. She knows I'm, I'm an emotional cat. Yeah. Um, yeah. For all the reasons I talked about, man, like it's just, it, it works on a lot of levels. Um, I do enjoy the action. I mean, one of the earliest action sequences in this movie is basically a James Bond movie. Like it's really, really like I said, just, yes. um, you know, like retro futuristic cool with the tech and the uh, espionage. And, and um, I love Chadwick Boseman's performance. Um, you know, he brought a lot of nuance to it and a lot of heart to it. And uh, he he's dearly missed in this role. Um, yes. Five out of five. All right. All right. So because you guys did this, I have to do this for comparing this to Ragnarok. For me, like I said, importance-wise, this is way more important. Thor Ragnarok's not an important movie. It's just a fuckfest. But story-wise, this is not a better story. I mean, it really is like the same thing happens three times in a row. Like, the, the story is he, he loses the throne, he gets challenged for the throne, he loses the throne again, he gets challenged for the throne again. And yes, it does a lot of cool stuff, but story-wise, it can't even compare. The other story is just a much more thought-out, full crazy fucking fuck fest of a story however significant importance this is way more significantly important so i can understand and the emotions way more emotion in this and that that other movie is just crazy but you know me i like crazy emotionally beautifully um significantly this is a better movie but as far as story you know it's not a better story the other story is a way better story <laughs> um again that's my opinion However, all that being said, I'm still giving this a high, really high fucking score because this is a great movie. I just only brought it there because you guys brought it there first. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have even mentioned it. Um, I would have just sucked the dick of this movie the whole time and talked about how great it was. Uh, but that did make me think about putting them side by side. I would go still like a 4.8 on this. It's just such a great movie. Boom. Beautiful. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, there was nothing taken away from it by that. It's just, to me, they're two different things. Like, this is like a fine scotch whereas the other thing is like the fucking crazy drink that comes in a yard container with like the fucking twirly straws and coming out the top of it <laughs> they're, they're not comparable like that's like, a pretty, two uh, different things it's a pretty great yeah i, I couldn't have yeah. put it better myself they're just they're, they're really not i don't want to compare them to each other because they're not no, comparable i, I get it I know. Even my ratings, when I when I say I go back and look and see what I gave other, it's just you're right. It's my opinion. That's that. That's what. That's all I'm looking at. Also, you know, the fights. The like, is, I mean, just when you fight to fight, the fight scenes in the movie, like the one on one fight scenes, are better. But the big fight scene at the end, like they're not even comparable. Like that would be 
that would be my argument for four point nine if I was gonna give it a four point nine, which yeah. I'm not. Would be that like that final fight scene. I the see. only thing that redeems it is the fight scene in Infinity War that takes place in Wakanda because yeah, yeah. that's a way better fight right. scene. Yeah. Well, for me, what redeems that that CGI fight scene is the ending of the fight. It was so beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Like I said, yeah. everything everything about this movie is beautiful. It, it's, it's like I said, it's a fine scotch. It's something you're gonna savor and you're gonna enjoy it, and it's gonna just like make you feel really like important and like like this is a drink you need to like appreciate. Whereas the other one's the fucking, like, Senor Frogs, like, yard of beer. (laughs) (laughs) Senor Frogs. That's pretty great. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a high-ass score. Yes, it is. Second highest. I would Mm -hmm. say it's got to be up there. It's second highest behind Ragnarok. By .02. Just saying. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't even even see him back this. I gave it a high-ass score. I mean, mean, for me, I'll put this behind Guardians and Ragnarok for me personally but i still think it's better than 90 percent of the movies in the, in the mcu mm-hmm. yeah yeah no you you were fair as hell man and yep. uh yeah okay cool i just didn't want to like, piss me no, off. No. i mean i had a reasoning behind like no, no. my oh. argument i mean everything i wasn't say, everything you said made sense joe 100 yeah, percent. don't it's not even you don't have to defend anything no, no. cool I'm with and you, like man. i said i was gonna go with a 4.8 on this since the very beginning like that's yep. where my score was and there you go i feel like it's it's a good a perfect score for this for me yeah absolutely um we have nice. some people to thank. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. We have uh, we have a, a Mo, bevy of beauties, Mo, so to speak. Mo DeWitt, DeWitt Mo, Law Firm. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Legal questions, just call Mo. If you need to know how to pronounce all the names of the characters in this movie, don't call Mo. Because it was hard enough for me, and I've seen this movie 50 times. Yeah. And I'm reading a page where, you know, they're spelled phonetically. So... <laughs> Again, Mo DeWitt, DeWitt Law, injured on the go. Just call Mo. Yeah. Abrupt. <laughs> All right. Then, uh, yeah, we've got some other folks to thank. Our uh, Patreon do. members, our patrons. These people have stuck around for a long time, and they've stuck with us for a long time, and we love them for it. Um, so we'll start off with founding member Hannah Christ. Uh, we got Mr. Peter Bianco. From the Tone Jerks and the Second Button Podcast, Mr. Brian Gower. Uh, from the Just Surprise Me Podcast, a podcast that Joe and I co-host with uh, Mr. Will Lehu and Andrew Walsh as well. Uh, next, Mr. Tony DeGraw from the Signal Path Podcast, the Texas State Boggle Chance Podcast, and the Texas Size 10-4 Podcast. Two of those, the last two, he co-hosts with Joe. <laughs> one, is, one is a, uh, a King of the Hill Recap show, and the other is a letter candy. Letter candy recap. Allegedly. Yeah, that's true. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we have Mr. Michael McVeigh, a fine human. Oh, I and almost I went, ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just forced to have it. Yep. And uh, last and definitely not least, um, Mr. U G Rection. Thank you, Mr. Rection. That's not last but least. We have oh, a new right. Patreon. We have a new one. We do have a new one. You told me, and I'm an asshole. I forgot His name is list. Mr. Michael, also Van Zant. Michael Van Zant, yes. Michael. I wonder if he's a, so if he's in Leonard Skinner. I don't think he is. No. Oh, is he from that Van Zant lineage? I uh, he he is a um, he's a 37 effects customer, so nice. that makes him a very fine ass human. Absolutely. I love him for that. Um, yeah, he makes the rounds on the podcast. He 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 supports a lot of the podcasts that we all listen to. 
um, and he's definitely a cool person. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining the crew. We really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you, Michael. And patrons and members of the uh, Facebook group, anyone who supplied me with their address um, was promised a sticker that I have not sent yet, and there's a good reason for that. That reason is I'm a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it, but I'm glad you did. But they are coming. And if you would like one or a magnet or whatever, I have to throw in an envelope for you. Shoot us your address on Facebook. Uh, in the group, you can email us at uh, motcu at gmail.com. If, if that's not the right email address, you'll know right away. So, I'm, you know, that is was it, a shot in the dark. I think that's what it is. It's either that or the MOTCU. One of those. You find some way to get in touch yep, with it us. Is, it, it is, is the, the MOTCU at Gmail. There you go. Yep. I just saved you the mailer Damon alert you were bound to get. There you go. Because we are the. We are the. Yeah, the we are the MOTCU. We've earned that the in front of yep. uh, Masters. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, hit, hit us up if you'd like something. I am going to get those yep. out uh, sometime uh, soon. And by the time this episode releases... The voting will have ended for um, the Orlando Weekly Best of Orlando Awards. Thank you to anybody who voted for our very small, very DIY show in uh, in that category for Best Local Podcast. We really, really appreciate it. I we mean, won, right? We definitely yeah, won. I mean, if, if when we won last place. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have a plaque that the Orlando Weekly charged us. Three hundred dollars for, I, know, that's and, uh, <laughs> I really think the whole thing is just a hustle to scale plastic. <laughs> it's it's, I think we're onto something, but no, seriously, if you took the time to do that, thank you so much. If you took the time to vote for me and the artist stuff, thank you so much. And uh, you know, hopefully, the show will continue to grow because of uh, you know support from from you guys. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah. So on that yep. note, lights, camera, fuck off. Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but not safe for anything picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash/MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. 
And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So come on, that's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie.